Hello, and welcome to episode 72 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. In this week's podcast, we are discussing the topic of interviewing and hiring. So with that, let's go ahead and start the show. So Sean, how's it going? Good, Les. How are you doing today? I am doing fine. I felt like we just did this. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, that's the problem. And I try to tell my kids, hey, time goes by very fast. You know, if you have something that happens regularly, yeah. it just seems, it seems to happen like immediately. There's like no time in between. <laughs> so that's how, that's how you get old fast. No, the reason I brought that up, folks, is because uh, normally we record these uh, just once a week. And this time we're kind of getting ahead of the game a little bit. So um, we're recording one after another. And, and uh, of course, they won't hear it till the once a week. But <laughs> so you, <laughs> so I don't know, you didn't have to I don't know why everybody. I'm saying this. <laughs> exactly. You didn't have to talk. But I like, so, to, I like to change it to uh, or at least at least put the spin on it that we are planning ahead. We are planning ahead. There is no doubt. We are able to. Now, this isn't necessarily a good thing. We are able to increase inventory because we've got time. (laughs) Yeah. uh, For those of those people out there that are lean practitioners, (laughs) we're building up inventory. I know. You know, it typically isn't a good thing, but in this case, it is a good thing. It is a good thing. It kind of helps us both out with our schedules and activities because we want to keep doing these. We like doing these and we hope that everybody likes listening to these. It, it seems like you do because we're getting quite a few, quite a few listeners. So tell your so, friends. Yeah. Tell your friends. So today we thought we'd talk about, uh, uh, hiring and interviewing, uh, people. Yeah, and this is, this is, this is a tough one just because, you know, well, I don't know if it's a tough one, but, but this is one of those ones that I have a lot of opinions on and I'm not sure my opinions are correct, but they are opinions. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's an important part of, of the job. We keep talking about people being, you know, our most important asset. And that's not really cliche for, for us too, because we do believe in that and, and we do yes. training and things like that. No doubt. Bringing on new people and starting the process with new people um, is a lot of work. Um, I, I think this topic is on top of my head now. It's, it's summertime and and things are looking good for our industry, and we, we need resources. How do you bring in the resources um, quickly and efficiently? So um, I think it's a good time for the topic. You know, any any time can be a good time. You, you just might have to replace somebody, and then how do you how do you make the best of the time and the candidates and, and thinking about the candidates that send their resume? And these are people that either need a job or want a new job, so it's not a joke for them either. No, not right? at all. So, so how do you best serve the people that want a job and your company for bringing in new talent? That's, that's, that's the bottom line. So why don't we start with the, the hiring process first and kind of discuss um, the actions and activities that happen during the hiring process, both the positive and the negative. <laughs> um, I guess, first of all, uh, a lot of companies um, have an HR department that can help filter this down. So you definitely, as a leader, want to use your HR department to its fullest extent and get them involved in helping you start the process and start weeding through the hundreds, if not thousands of 
people that will most likely put their name in the hat for any given job. Right. But realize, realize that the HR department might not necessarily understand your specific requirements, what you do in your department. The hiring manager is totally agree. really must lay out the criteria for resources such as the hire as the HR department to filter through. So if, if you want, if you want an engineer, if you want an engineer with, you know, five years of experience, tell that to the HR group. So any resume that does not have degree mm-hmm. in engineer with five years of experience, they separate out. Good point. So, so let's stick on that for just a second. So as you're starting out this process, I think that making sure you know what you want and what you required, what, what's required is very important. So even before you start talking to people and start figuring out, you know, start going through the process, I think it's very important that you make sure that you go through the job, the job description you currently have written and make sure it's very clear what you're looking for. Like you said, you want a, a degreed engineer in that particular case. You want somebody with five years experience. And then also what are your preferences? Mm-hmm. You know, I prefer that they have this type of knowledge. I would prefer that they have this type of certification and this type of educational background. Cause what does that do? That yeah. makes it to where the HR person can go through a first line of filtering. Well, yeah, and think about it. If you do have an HR department or if you don't, then then there might not be multiple layers, but there are many cases where you are receiving candidates through agencies, recruiters, you know, monster.com and all these all these services. So so being specific at that first level of, of filtering is yeah. very important. Because ultimately ultimately the hiring manager has to talk to the to the people and you want to not not waste their time and your time talking to somebody that shouldn't have made it through the first, at least the first filtering process. Right. And, and I know a lot of larger companies actually require you now to uh, enroll on any given job online mm-hmm. and their online tool actually has uh, some of the filtering process. So if you don't have certain things as you're filling it out, they've automated some of that kind of interesting. Well, yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll always go to, yeah, that sounds great, but, but the, the, they, and the tool, that's all work that somebody's got to do ahead of time. Oh, sure. You know, oh, so yeah. there's, there's a lot of effort in, in, that that case, though, in that case, once it's built, that mm-hmm. does kind of help and speed the process. Now I would say that those are, uh, companies that I've seen those with are very large companies. Yeah, yeah. So they have the resources and the manpower. They're usually not a one, one or two person HR group and or a one or two person IT department. They're a, a conglomerate of a company that has, you know, multiple HR departments and multiple IT departments with layers and layers of people they can do very specific projects like that. And if so, you work for a company like that, uh, us two magoons sitting here talking about how to hire people <laughs> probably is way below what you're... Good point. Yes, good point. Uh, so, you know, I, I, with that said, I think we are talking about a degree below that uh, type of... Uh, <laughs> type of sophistication, if we want to say. Right. You know, um uh, we are talking about engaging with human beings and not pulling the human beings out of the process. Right. So, you know, we still we still have the HR department and the hiring manager involved in the process. So, you know, and this is we we talked at, in different 
podcast about how the leader gets into the process. This is mm-hmm. this is one process where the leader really does get into the process with having to invest time and and um, resources and, and and prep time on understanding what kind of person they need to interview. Because typically, and I'm not saying like the CEO doesn't interview the plant manager or something like that. Maybe, maybe not. But a you know mid level to a you know slightly upper level manager might might have to uh, you know decide on who they're going to talk to and things like that. So this is where this is where you will have to put your two cents in because you know what hiring people is such a tough event that that I do believe people want to hedge if 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 and by by hedging they don't want to make they don't want to make mistakes. So if you have if you have a bad hire. I guess maybe I'm jumping too far ahead, but but as a leader, and if you're if you're a sub manager or some manager in your organization hire somebody and it doesn't work out, you know you don't you don't you don't kill the person. You know you don't you don't really um, hammer them for a bad hire. We all we've all had bad hires, and a bad hire you know just might be somebody's you know a round peg in a square hole. You know, so you don't don't kill them for that, and this way they will grow in their knowledge of of how to bring somebody on board, and you'll grow on on how much oversight you have to provide. So, with that in in, in mind, during the interview process, what are some of the things we should be doing as leaders and as managers to make sure that we mitigate that as best we can? You know, yeah. realizing that we're going to make mistakes, but what are the things that we should be doing? So, so once that. Once we get past the first tier and we've got a, a handful of resumes and we start contacting them, most of the time we'll do some sort of uh, phone interview. Then at least that's what I've typically done in the past and just talk to them for just a second and just see what their interests are, talk to them about what we're looking for in the position and get a, a little bit of a feel of that person just initially and do a kind of a second layer of, of filtering at that point. I agree completely. I like the I like the phone interview. Um, something something quick though, like fifteen twenty minutes at at the most. Just yes. because you can't you can't see body language, you can't you can't um, understand if they really mean what they're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think a, a phone interview, unless they say something very wrong against you know some ethical uh, standard or or you know hey they want they want another job just because. Um, you know, they, they think they can make more money here. I mean, of course, everybody wants to make more money wherever they go. But if, 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 let me just say, if there's a red flag on the phone, then that would be the only reason for me not to have somebody come in. Um, the phone interview is, is just that a, a cursory review of, Hey, does this person sound like they are interested in the job? Do they ask good questions? Have they done some research? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I also think of it as a way for making sure that some transparency is put out there, making sure they understand what the role is mm-hmm. and making sure I understand that that's truly the role they're looking for. You know, uh, so so trying to come up with some transparency. And like you said, uh, during the whole process, uh, listening for a few of those red flags that might, um, you know, say, whoa, stop the. Stop the horses here. You know, this is, this is way off track. Yeah. I don't think it'll work out. Right. Yeah. Because the the thing is the next step is, is, is bringing them in. And then that's a whole nother. Well, well, I was just going to say, in bringing them in, you're about to invest a lot of time, time and money. It's typically you're going to pay for them to come in. 
If that's right, you know, not, not only your time, but most likely other people's time. Uh, and we'll touch on that in just a second, but, but you're right. Uh, bringing them in would be the next step. And, and that's a huge and huge investment. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that when you do bring somebody in, do you typically, um, run them through multiple people when you bring them in? I, yes. I, I like that. And I, I like to get as many of the key people to talk to the candidate as possible. Um, in some cases I like to have multiple people sitting in on, on one interview yeah. and then, and then for certain people, just the one-on-one. Okay. Yeah. So if, so if the person's going to be, you know, an engineer, if the person's going to be an engineer, I like to see, I like to see, you know, the, the senior level engineers, maybe, you know, two or three of them, whatever, talk to the person, but then the engineering manager talk one-on-one. Right. So, so that, so it's, it's flexible. And then, you know, you know, there might be, there might be one other level of, of person if, if, as an interview, if, um, you know, it's like an engineer position. And then of course the HR person has to talk to them as well. So you, you, you would expect then that a typical interview would at least be a half day, if not a full day event. I'd say a half to three quarters of a day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that also. So that's another reason why you really want to make sure that the person you're bringing in, bringing in is somebody that you are truly interested in because you're about to spend uh, a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort uh, trying to figure out whether this person's going to fit in your environment. Right. And I, and I so, do like another, another level and te- not, not necessarily test, but another indication of how they fit in is I like going to lunch with them. That's okay, why it's three good. quarters of the day because yeah. you know, you, you go out to lunch and you just, you can just tell, and, and maybe this is a, a smaller company mentality, but you, you know, you can tell what kind of person, how at ease are they, how uptight are they, you know, going to a restaurant, a restaurant that they've never been to before. Of course, you give them a chance. You don't, you don't send them <laughs> to some restaurant where they, they might not like, you know, what they're going to eat. You wouldn't want to do that to them. But, but I, you know, you spend quality time with them outside of asking the questions. Sure. You know, and, and having them ask you the questions. So what are some of the things that we should be looking for during an interview process uh, when we're talking to this person? Obviously, the the base is we're asking them a series of questions, but that's one series of the piece of the pie, right? So I think that questions is a, is is one part of it. But like you said, um, looking at body language, looking at how they handle themselves, how they introduce themselves, how they uh, talk to other people. How comfortable do they feel? Um, just even how did they dress come to the, coming to the meeting? You know, mm-hmm. did they dress appropriately? Um, did they come prepared? Did they come on time? You know, that, you that know, is, that is an interesting one. Let me just jump in there real quick, Les, okay, yeah. on, on dressing appropriately. And, and you know what? I, I don't know the answer to this, but I think it is shifting. It's, it's it is. I, I believe it is shifting also. So, so it, it's only fair. So companies out there that are hiring, they're listening to this, please be fair to the candidate and let them know whether they What's should it? wear a suit or they don't yep. have to wear a suit. Okay. I would agree. Because is don't, it casual dress or is it formal dress? Right. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't leave it up to them for them to decide and you'd be disappointed. Yes. Right. That's a great point. It's, it's safe enough. It's safe enough to always go in a suit. I would always interview in a suit. There's just no doubt. But the right. thing is, if, if the person shows up in a suit and then you make a comment about them being in a suit, 
Oh, yeah. you could have wore jeans and tennis shoes. Well, don't do that to them. Yeah, that that makes them feel like yeah crap. Oh, I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I've, I'm I'm fitting in wrong right from the start. So yeah, I've already lost this interview. So be clear with the people. That's yes, it. I think that is a I think that's a a, a great point. So you know, especially because because you're right, there is a lot of industries out there today that are making quite a shift change in the way they present themselves. I mean, I, I don't even wear a tucked in shirt to work. Uh, you know, I, 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 um, my, you know, my dress is jeans and a, just a button down shirt, you know, and that's the thing, the culture and that, that, that culture and norm, you, it can't be found on the, the internet. That's right. So, I mean, so that, that's another reason now I'll shift it back to the, the, uh, potential candidate. How far does that person go to find out if, 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 if the company doesn't tell you, does that person call the contact, typically the HR person and ask? Absolutely. They should. Well, I think they should because afraid to ask. Because that just shows one more little notch that shows how interested and how aggressive and how uh, prepared they are yes. for wanting to be uh, interviewed and uh, to potentially get the job. Yeah. So, you know, those little nuances are important. And they impress and a, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of those little nuances that you should look for when you're, when you're going through this process. So as a leader, I, one of the, one of the um, things that you should hone is your ability to be observant and pay very close attention to what people are doing and, and how they're doing it and how they present yourself. So be a, a study of, you know, human nature and, and human activity and all that kind of stuff, because those are the little nuances that could help you when you've got three resumes and you're trying to decide between the three of them. Right. And, and, you know, you know that, that to me, that's a skill that, that goes beyond interviewing. You know, if you're, yes, if you're a leader in organization, you know, you have to understand that dynamic when you're in a meeting, when you're in a, a, a sales negotiation, when you're in many other situations, you need that, that skill. So that, to me, that's a great skill of, of reading, reading body language and reacting to body language. Now, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to just jump right on this because we mentioned it before. I, I, had, yes. I had seen an article on LinkedIn, as a matter of fact, today um, about body language and, and how to not necessarily perform, although perform is what's in my mind. Um, use your body language to make sure that you come across as confident and knowledgeable and the right person. But my first question when I read this article was like 10 things. Of course, everything on, and we, we had this discussion before, lists, you know, and, and everything on, on LinkedIn is, you know, the 10 things, you know, 10 body language traits that you need to master or whatever it is. But <laughs> as the hiring person, my first question was, okay, fine. This person came in and performed well with the right body language. Uh-huh. How, how am I assured? What do I need to do to make sure that the person can actually do the job? Yeah. So, so my, I have an opinion on that and it kind of stems back from my, my, uh, design and drafting days when I was a drafting and design manager. How did I, when I interviewed people, I actually gave them a test. I literally let them know before they came in that one of the aspects of the interview was going to be a test. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not suggesting you give people a test, but I am suggesting that you have a very specific set of questions uh, that, that you are using to kind of 
of make sure that you understand that this person is the is truly the right person for the job. So if they're interviewing for an engineering position, that one's definitely pretty easy. I mean, you know, have them calculate something or have mm-hmm. them, if it says that they can, you know, that they were able to do computations for this type of, of activity, like some sort of fluid dynamic work or something like that, you know, have them do a calculation or two, uh, just to, and, and in my mind, be transparent about it. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I'm gonna ha- you know have you test on a couple things just to kind of make sure we're on the same page because it's stuff that you're gonna see on a daily basis. You know, if it's a if it's a buying position a bu- for a buyer, you know, have them step through how they would uh, complete out a PO, something that they do every day. Mm-hmm. Have them describe that kind of stuff. So I like the idea of testing people a little bit because you truly see some true colors. When you do, when you do testing, I've literally had people walk out of a test. Really? You know, because, and I've even warned them about the test before they came in. And when they came in and found out that I was really going to give them a test, they turned around and left. Wow. Thank you. I say thank you to that person that just, you know, you know, made my life a a lot easier uh, because I was going to have a ton of problems with somebody like that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. All of a sudden they've got you know, a work activity that is in effect the same as that test. So they just going to walk out or what, what are they going to do? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, so, so I think that, uh, uh, you're right. People can come across as being able to present themselves, uh, very well. And you need other ways of making sure that this person is going to be able to do the job. And so be creative. I guess that's my, yeah. that's my summary there is, is be creative. And, and tests are fine. Actually, we give we give uh, tests to engineers as well. Uh, they are they're kind of like common sense tests. If if one if one gear turns this way, you know, four gears down the line, which which direction is it turning? You know, kind of, <laughs> kind of common sense. Kind of common sense. Can you think? Can you think in your feet? Type yeah. type tests. My my tact at interviewing is is having the person you know tell me a story of an actual event that fits some scenario that I give, you know, so, so like on, on a field service person. So a field service person um, says that they know all this stuff and they've been in the field for, you know, 20 years. And we say, okay, give me a, give me a scenario where you got to the field and, and the customer wasn't ready because that, that happens a lot, right? Yeah. What, what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Who do you talk to? How do you try to to move the situation along? Now you're not going to move the customer along, but but you know leaving. This is one thing, and it might, it might not be applicable for a lot of people. But you know, you get to a site, and the customer and the customer says, uh, "Oh, we're not ready, but we'll be ready tomorrow." You know, throwing up your hands and saying, "Oh, I'm leaving. I'm going home because you're not ready. I'll come back tomorrow." And they say no because they want you there. Because when the customer has a field service person there, they like to keep them there. Now, if they're paying for them, that's one thing. If they're not paying for them, that's 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 another that's another thing. Or what happens is you give them three or four days of customer or of, uh, field service, and it takes eight days. You know, the customer is usually not happy about paying for that those other extra days that the person was sitting around in the front end. So those that, are right there. That right there is a whole nother podcast topic that yeah. we could dive into because yeah. I definitely have some opinions on that. Yeah. And it sounds like my opinions might be a little reversed of yours. Well, so <laughs> anyways, you know, the thing is, and, and my, my thing is like with a field service person, I, I had, I, I had, I was at a company that had a field service person that got kicked off of the site because of, 
their actions, their mm-hmm. language, the way they the way they operated. Wait, you know, how, how do you find that stuff out ahead of time? So, yeah. so if they if you ask them for a scenario and they him and Han they don't have a good they don't have a good scenario on on something that they should you know they say that they've been doing on the resume for whatever ten or fifteen years. Right. You know, there, there, there's some question, and then of course the other the other major part of an interview is. What did you actually do in these certain circumstances? Because, you know, one, one thing that I see in a, in a resume a lot is responsible for part of a team that, you know, if, if you're part of a team that did something, okay, well, what did you actually do on that team? Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, a, please give me a synopsis of what you did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Those are, those are all great questions. Um, I think that, uh, you know, going through and asking questions where they need to respond with a sentence is important. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't let them respond with a yes or no. This is not a jury. Yeah. Well, this it, is not a, you know, being on a, not on a jury, but on a, uh, uh, the stand, yeah, exactly. you know, where they tell you just answer yes or no. Right. This is what you want complete sentences. You want uh full paragraphs of discussions you you want that person to engage in you know some sort of discussion. Well, and that's so. where the, the tool for the interviewer is. Hey, can you elaborate on that? Tell me more. Yeah. You know, what happened after? What happened before? You know, so yeah. that's where that's where you as an interviewer. And it, it, to me, it's 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 tough. And sometimes it's tough if you're going down a a trail with a person that you know maybe you're you're thinking they might have exaggerated a little bit on their on their resume. I, you know, to me, if you if if you went on a path and you think that they've exaggerated a little bit on their resume, um, I mean, don't don't dig a deeper hole. I, I would say yeah. I, would, I would figure out a way that if it if it is an exaggeration that is counter to what you believe to be a core trait of the person in the job, find a nice way to say to end the interview and just. Well, that's what I was just getting ready to ask you. Have you ever had to yes. uh, end an interview? Yeah. Um, you know a quarter of the way in or halfway in or something. Because anybody, something like yeah, that. yeah. Anybody that's had, that's had, uh, any amount of time hiring people. Yeah. You've, you've had those situations and, and yeah, you, where you, you want to make it politely. Yeah. Get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are, those are always tough and a little bit, uh, a uh, little bit depressing. It is. Um, you yeah. know, uh, cause you feel for the person, but yet you've got a responsibility, right? You've got a responsibility to the company. Uh, to make the right hire, right, and I and I don't think I don't think exaggerating on a resume these days is as as forgiving as it might have been in the past. Yeah, I think I think years ago people people embellished quite a bit, and I don't know, it just didn't seem to be as big a deal to me now. If if you if you embellish and you can't answer the questions that you've said on your resume, you've completed things that you've completed, then yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not likely to bring you on board. Yeah. Yeah. Your chances just went down by tenfold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because of what does that say about the person, right? Exactly. I mean, are they going to be an exaggerator and an embellisher at work? You're going to try you to know, impress somebody on a piece of paper, but you can't impress them face to face. Right. Then, then it's just not going to go anywhere. You might as well be, as honest as possible, but as eager and and um, passionate about what you do, because you've you've come to the interview with with a skill and some experience. So just, just 
highlight that experience and 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 um, make sure that you can you can if it's a, you know a different job, different company in a different industry. Make sure that you've done enough research to show where the parallels are and how if you're a project manager in the in the energy field, you know you could be a project manager in the telecom field. Actually, I have experienced that way. That's the way I went. I went to telecom. It was like learning a whole new language. It was awesome. But I was a, I was a project manager, running projects, scope, schedule, cost. Yep. You make that translation. You figure out what is the scope, what is the schedule, what is the cost in your new job in the first three or four months. You run the job like you know what to do. And yeah. I do think where that's where your body language and your ability to be confident and your eagerness to learn helps you a great deal when you're jumping industries. Yep, I would agree. Yeah, and I and I liked even I like even that last one that you focused on there is eagerness to learn. Yeah. Um, you know. Because one of the things I've always uh, uh, felt is core uh, to me is the fact that if if a person is eager to learn, I can almost teach them anything. You know, if they're eager to learn, then then showing them what we're doing and how we're doing it, showing the product makes it 10 times easier, uh, makes it to where, you know, that person, uh, they're, they're like a sponge. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, if you've got a lot of sponges in your organization, uh, <laughs> life can be really good. <laughs> or like we said uh, uh, a couple podcasts ago, uh, if you've got some Robins <laughs> to your Batman. To Batman, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Batman. Uh, so, um, so wrapping this up, you know, a lot of times when you wrap up a, a, an interview like this, uh, you're usually ending it with, uh, you know, well, we'll contact you and let you know. One of one of my pet peeves is saying that and not doing it, even if they don't get the job. I think it is so important to let, you know, those final people, not everybody, but just the people you brought in. It's I think it's good to let them know that, you know, hey, we chose somebody and, you know, um, you know, we've we've filled the position and, and just to let you know. And, and so that you can move on and kind of take care of your business as needed. Um, I think that's just something important because every interview seems to always end with, yeah, we'll contact you and let you know, yeah. we'll do it. And do it, you know, absolutely. So, so I'm bringing that one up just as it's a pet peeve, you know, as, uh, to mine, uh, of mine that, um, uh, there's a lot of leaders that just say that, but then don't do it. So please world change that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's common courtesy. You know, it's, it's it common is common courtesy. courtesy. And, and you know what, if you're an organization that says something, and does not follow up with an actual action, you know, yeah. does that person really want to work for you? Anyways. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, if you're asking so you know, cause this, the interview process, we need to make this very clear. The interview process is definitely a two way street. Mm-hmm. You know, don't think that, uh, uh, if the person is, is an extremely professional person, they're interviewing you too. Yeah. You That's know, right. so, uh, for the right definitely, Definitely a two-way street. Mm-hmm. So what else do we want to bring up on this uh, particular topic? You know, I, I didn't want to bring up, and, and I won't. You can look up all the information of, like, you know, what questions you can't ask, what questions you can't yeah, ask. Yeah, we like don't that. want to get into the details of the questions. There are so many things online that you can look yeah. up as far as questions you can ask. But be creative. You know, don't just go down the, the assembly line of questions to ask somebody. And prepare. I mean, that's that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Be you be prepared to make sure that you know what questions you want to have answered, and have mm-hmm. an, and have an idea of how you want them answered in order for 
that person to fit in your organization. If you know, that's the ultimate goal is to the ultimate goal is to have one interview with the right person and be done. <laughs> Boy, so, wouldn't that be nice? So because can, I think you and I both agree that this process is not the funnest process that we do. You know, it is you a know? very important process, but it, it is just very time consuming and it can be challenging mentally energy draining. Yes. Energy draining. Yes, it can. So, so yes, you do want to try and uh, get this going. You want to find the right person and get them in house and, and move forward, you know? So, uh, but you can't do that and skip all the important aspects of doing it. It's it's a, so, it's a project, you know, with a beginning and an end. We've talked about projects before, so it's a, it's a, it's a project. Definitely a project. Yeah. So you think we've beat this one up? I, I don't want to kill people with, you know, more blather about, you know, <laughs> what to do, what not to do. I, I mean. Yeah, I would agree. You know, talk, agree. And, and one other thing, I guess, is. Most of us are salespeople, and, and we say that everybody in the organization is a salesperson. So, sales uh, being a salesperson is is uh, 100% of your time job. So, you're you're selling the company, and the person that's interviewing is, uh, is selling themselves and their abilities. So, talking to people should be a a fun and enlightening, enjoyable part of this process. So, yes. don't don't. Even though we say that it's, it's energy draining and things like that, to me, that's all the paperwork and everything like that. When somebody's sitting across the desk from you, make it enjoyable for both you and that person, so that so that it's a it's a learning experience and a a growing experience for both of you. Yeah, I would agree. Mm. Well, so why don't we go ahead and uh, end it right here? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that uh, everybody has enjoyed this uh, podcast on interviewing and hiring and. Uh, we will be back to talk with everybody again next time. It may not be in a week, but next time, right? <laughs> Depends on when we release these. Exactly. All right, you too. Bye, Les. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.